0: Good morning, it's February 28th and this is your daily brief in UK news. Here's everything you need to know. In a refreshing turn for consumers, UK grocery prices have seen their slowest rate of increase in two years. Amidst economic uncertainties and global crises, this news brings a slight sigh of relief to households across the nation. The latest figures reveal that annual inflation in the grocery sector slowed to 5.3% in the four weeks leading up to February 18th, down from 6.8% in January. This deceleration is particularly noteworthy given the potential for disruption from the Red Sea shipping crisis. However, supermarkets have been fiercely competitive, effectively shielding consumers from significant price hikes. A notable driver behind this slowdown is the decrease in food inflation, which fell to 5% in February from 6.1% in January. Factors such as falling energy costs and a vigorous supermarket price war have played a crucial role. Morrisons and Asda have stepped up their game by launching price match schemes with discount giants Aldi and Lidl, further fueling the competitive environment consumer behavior also reflects these market dynamics. Valentine's Day saw an uptick in spending on premium items like steak and boxed chocolates. Yet there's a clear trend towards value, with shoppers gravitating towards meal deals and promotions. Additionally, alcohol sales saw a significant 18% increase in February, with Lidl achieving double-digit growth and boosting its market share to 7.5%. Overall, the grocery market's landscape is changing, with Lidl gaining ground and traditional players like Asda and Morrisons facing challenges in keeping up with sales growth. This shift underscores the intense competition and strategic pricing efforts supermarkets are employing to attract and retain customers. In a revealing comparison of cancer care standards, new research has brought to light significant disparities in the treatment of cancer patients across the UK and other comparable countries. This study, conducted by the International Cancer Benchmarking Partnership, provides a critical look at how the UK measures up in the fight against cancer. The research analysed data from over 780,000 people diagnosed with cancer between 2012 and 2017 in Australia, Canada, Norway and the UK. It found that patients in the UK were treated with chemotherapy and radiotherapy less frequently than their counterparts in the other countries studied. Notably, it was the older patients in the UK who were least likely to receive these potentially life saving treatments. Furthermore, the study highlighted the issue of long wait times for treatment in the UK, with Scotland having the longest average time to start chemotherapy. This delay in treatment could have a direct impact on cancer survival rates, as timely access to chemotherapy and radiotherapy is crucial for improving patient outcomes. Cancer Research UK has responded to these findings by calling for a strategic approach to address the variation in treatment and to enhance the survival chances of cancer patients. They emphasise the need for better data collection, investment in clinical audit and quality improvement initiatives. Despite the Department of Health and Social Care's assertion of significant investments in cancer care, including funding for radiotherapy equipment and community diagnostic centres, the study's authors argue that the UK's cancer outcomes have fallen behind those of leading countries. They stress the importance of the UK government improving cancer services and providing better access to life-prolonging treatments, especially as cancer cases are projected to rise. This research underscores the urgent need for a comprehensive strategy to elevate the standard of cancer care in the UK. In a year where economic growth is on everyone's radar, the UK's net zero economy has surged ahead, marking a notable 8 to 9% growth in 2023. This leap forward has injected a staggering £74 billion into the economy and has been a lifeline for 765,700 full-time jobs. This growth isn't just about numbers, it's a beacon of hope for areas struggling with high levels of deprivation and plays a pivotal role in the Scottish economy, contributing 5.7% to its GDP. However, it's not all smooth sailing. The Energy and Climate Intelligence Unit, or ECIU, report highlights a critical challenge. Policy inconsistencies have shaken investor confidence, threatening the momentum of the UK's green sector. The ECIU doesn't just diagnose problems, it prescribes solutions, urging for political stability and robust investment to nurture the burgeoning net zero economy. The UK's legal commitment to net zero by 2050 demands a sweeping transformation across various sectors, opening up vast economic opportunities, but also presenting significant challenges. The government, for its part, has expressed support for the net zero strategy as a means to bolster industry and meet climate goals. Yet the UK finds itself at a crossroads, lagging behind European counterparts in adopting low carbon heating and solar panel installations in homes. This gap underscores the urgent need for accelerated energy infrastructure delivery. The International Monetary Fund, or IMF, has weighed in, emphasising that the economic benefits of transitioning to a low carbon economy will far outweigh the costs. The report concludes with a call to action for increased public investment, highlighting a critical need to address decades of underinvestment in sustainable initiatives. In summary, while the UK's net zero economy showcases significant growth and potential, it faces hurdles in policy consistency, investment and infrastructure delivery. The path to a sustainable, prosperous future is clear, but it requires concerted effort and commitment from all sectors. In a recent development, the BBC finds itself at the heart of a controversy, issuing an apology to a family embroiled in the Hugh Edwards scandal. This comes after a comprehensive review revealed significant flaws in the corporation's complaints handling process. An independent investigation conducted by Deloitte unveiled a series of mishandlings within the BBC's complaint process. Key findings pointed out a lack of consistency, a failure to properly log complaints and significant delays in escalating these issues to senior management, which took several weeks. In response to these findings, the BBC has committed to a series of reforms aimed at overhauling its non-editorial complaint system. Plans include enhancing consistency, better leveraging technology and ensuring sufficient resources are allocated to specialist teams handling these complaints. At the centre of this controversy is a young person who has strongly denied any inappropriate or unlawful behaviour by Hugh Edwards. Meanwhile, Edwards, a prominent face of the BBC who has been absent from the airwaves for seven months, is reportedly receiving inpatient care for serious mental health issues. The broadcaster has stated that Edwards is expected to respond to the claims when he is well enough. The Metropolitan Police have also weighed in, confirming that their investigation concluded no criminal offence had occurred – As the BBC works to implement these crucial improvements, it underscores the organisation's commitment to handling serious complaints with the utmost care and diligence in the future. In a move that underscores the global stakes of Iran's actions, the US and the UK have coordinated to impose sanctions on key figures and entities linked to Iran and the Houthi militia. This development comes amidst escalating tensions and a series of maritime attacks in the Mideast, highlighting the international community's concern over Iran's destabilizing activities and its support for Russia's invasion of Ukraine. On February 27th, 2024, the US targeted an Iranian IRGC deputy commander, a Houthi militant member, and several companies and ships engaged in the trade of Iranian commodities. These sanctions specifically address a network responsible for a significant $100 million shipment of Iranian commodities to China, among other activities that support Houthi and Iranian financial networks. The entities and individuals sanctioned are accused of facilitating Iran's destabilizing efforts, including aiding Russia's invasion of Ukraine and supplying weapons to various militia groups. The sanctions imposed by the U.S. entail blocking access to any U.S. property and bank accounts associated with the designated individuals and companies. Additionally, these measures prohibit any business dealings with American entities, effectively isolating the targeted figures from the US financial system. In a further step, the US has announced plans for additional sanctions on Iran, specifically targeting its arms sales to Russia. The US has issued a stark warning of a swift and severe response should Iran proceed with plans to sell ballistic missiles to Moscow. In a show of international solidarity, the UK has followed suit, imposing fresh sanctions on the same Iranian and Houthi targets. This coordinated action signals a unified stance against Iran's actions, which have not only fueled the conflict in Ukraine, but also threatened regional stability in the Mideast. The recent sanctions mark a significant escalation in the international response to Iran's activities, amid ongoing concerns over maritime security and the broader implications of Iran's support for militia groups and its engagement in arms sales to Russia. This has been your Daily Brief in UK News. To read more about these stories, follow the links in the episode bio. You can also subscribe to these updates via email at www.brief.news. For more daily podcasts about the topics you love, visit brief.news forward slash podcasts. Tune in tomorrow. We'll be back with everything you need to know.